the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. He'll probably be doing this, probably forever. Fellas want to stop him, they'll probably come together. Is it probable they'll stop him? Probably never. He's your host, IC Robots. If you're looking for me, you can check under the sea. It is your dude, I see robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. But uh, this week, it's going to get super less week. We're going to go over the top five movies of 2018. We got a new song from Iceberg and Instant Kate. Let me, uh, let me find it here. I should have it ready. Uh, here, oh no, that's not it. Oh, um, sorry. Uh, here it is, hit it. This is the best bad idea we have, sir, by far. Flushing MCs down the loo. If you don't believe me, bring your pussy, bring your crew. Feel free to hate, because I ain't trying to be your mate. Be serious, you wouldn't last an hour in my shoe. It's an S jazz, and not the only one. Trainers by the truckloads, trainers by the sun. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. We stay sweet as a nut, sweet like Tropicana. When the word hits, your head splits like banana. Hey, it's me, it's your dude, and we are back for the opening segment of the show. That, of course, was a takeoff on the Dizzy Rascal classic song, Fix Up, Look Sharp. Man, I, I love that jam back in the day that doesn't even... Doesn't even seem like back in the day, but it in fact was like many moons ago. Dizzy Rascal was a, he was a pretty grimy British MC. I, I dug that dude. He kept it real. I think he's, I think he's in the joint right now, but I, I may, I may not be having accurate information on that. I, I was hoping to have Iceberg with me here on this segment, but with the, with the government shutdown, he decided not to come to work and hopefully... By the time you guys hear this, that shutdown is over, but with with all that going on, Iceberg decided not to come in, and I told homie, I told him, we don't even work for the government, dude, we work for Pooptronics. Pooptronics is an independent company owned by the Commodore, and he said, hey man, whatever, whatever dude, the man is the man, I'm not coming in, and I, I guess he didn't, but I... I was lucky enough to wrangle up Engineer Emily. She, uh, she's waiting right over here on the, um, on the, uh, area where we go and record stuff over by the, uh, over by the, uh, chum, uh, sink. But let's, uh, without further ado, let's go over there. Emily, hey, it's nice to, uh, it's nice to have you on the show. You don't come on as often as I, as I would like, but, uh, what's going on with you lately? You know, nothing. Just bumming out and hating it down here. Yeah, I'll be the first one to admit it's not the uh, it's not the Jupiter moon base, but it's not like all bad. Dude, it stinks down here, like literally and also in spirit. Yeah, it does totally stink, especially over here by this by this sink. But come on, it's not it's not like all bad. I uh, it's not really. It just sucks, man. It's so boring. Fish are kind of lame and I really miss outer space. Yeah, I miss space too. Speaking of that, have you ever, like, heard anything about the moon base? Are they, like, gonna ever reopen that or is that just... Is that just finito? I don't think it's finito. I was talking to this girl who works in this station's hydroponics bay and she says that she heard from someone else that they plan to reopen the outer space cell phone service sometime soon but I don't know if it's true or not. She's nice, the girl who told me, but I don't really know her that well to know if she is a credible source. Yeah, I know what you mean. Also, I think I know who you're talking about. You're talking about that girl with the green hair and the glasses who, um, she, she's always eating those big bowls of salad. 
in the uh, in the cafeteria. She seems all right. I've talked to her once or twice. I I don't know how credible of a source she is. I don't know her in that way. But I mean, the Commodore always seemed like he liked the he liked the uh, cell phone division. So I don't see why he wouldn't open it. I'm I'm honestly surprised you haven't heard anything about it about it so far. But uh, besides that, dude, what else is what else is going on with you lately? Any, any anything fun? Well. I am learning to drive a submarine. That is pretty fun. A submarine? That's awesome. How did that come about? They heard I was a pilot, so they asked if I might want to do that. I said sure. That's awesome. Is it fun? Yeah, it's kind of fun. It has torpedoes and I might get to fire one at a rock next week. That sounds dope. Is it like those mini subs that me and Iceberg uh, zip around in sometimes when we're like trying to get the barnacles off the uh, outside of the station? No, it's way bigger. Oh yeah? How big? Like big. There are something like ten fools on it. That's really great. That sounds like, you know, that would be um, a cool thing to have on your resume. Not only are you, like, the best pilot in the galaxy, you're also, like, the best submarine uh, captain under the under the sea. Speaking of speaking of submarine captains, I, I've been wanting to ask, how are things with uh, between you and the, and the uh, big honcho here on the, uh, down in the Commodore Trench, Dr. Jane Walsh, who is sometimes... Sometimes not so nice. I'll tell you what, that lady has just about gotten on my last nerve. Last week I was in the cafe with Iceberg and she walked by and kicked the back of my chair as she passed. I just about gave her a piece of my mind but decided to spare her my wrath. You spared her your wrath? That was big of you. It was big of me. I was really mad. No, I wasn't kidding, dude. I know how you get when you're mad. I don't even know why would she... Why would she kick your seat, though? It may... It may have been an accident, so it's it's great that you didn't, you know, you didn't jump up and rip out her esophagus. I, I've seen you do stuff like that before, man. You don't want to, you don't want to get in that kind of trouble down here. First of all, it was not an accident. She did it on purpose. Come on, how do you know she did it on purpose? It was probably just an accident. How do I know? Because Iceberg saw her kick it and he told me that she smiled when she did it. You know, Iceberg's not really, like, the most credible source sometimes. And it's possible she was just smiling about something else, really, right? I mean, maybe. It is possible, but highly unlikely. She never smiles. There is nothing but black stuff in her heart. Nothing but black stuff in her heart. She's not, like, the nicest, but come on, that's a little mean. It might be mean, but it is probably true. Ah, all right. I don't know. Maybe you're right, Emily. At any rate, thanks for coming coming over here, being with us on the show. Is there anything you'd like to plug? You want to get your plugs in or whatever? Nah, I got nothing. Maybe I could tell them to become patrons because you want more patron money. I mean, yeah, of course I want, you know, more patrons, but, no, you know, like, okay, I want more patron money. Tell them. Go to support the report and sign up. It's not expensive and it's a nice thing to do. Also, bonus shows. Yeah, supportthereport.com. It's a nice thing to do. Also, bonus shows. Emily, thanks for coming down. We uh, we appreciated having you. Thanks for having me. Where did that come from? That's weird. Anyway, we, we're going to jump ahead. The uh, the next little bit of thing we have is uh, at the movies. We're going to talk about a movie I saw called, uh, called Bumblebee. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper... But you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? You're getting pretty good with that radio dial, V. You're trying to teach yourself how to talk, aren't you? DJ Bumble in the house! You must protect Earth and its people. That car? He's with me. Bumblebee. Rated PG-13. As many of you know who have been listening to the show for a while, I I really have mixed views on Transformers. On one hand, I don't I don't like them very much, but then on the other hand, I do sort of have like a bit of a bit of retro nostalgia for them. I I didn't have a ton of them as a kid myself. My brother was more into them. I was a I was a G.I. Joe dude. I've always felt like Transformers are like, they're really neat cars. Or they're neat planes or guns or tape recorders or whatever. But they they never made really cool robots. But that's 
that's my opinion. People love them. They have a they have a very rich lore. The comics are successful. They they recently got some throwback Transformers over at Walmart that that did kind of catch my eye. I do have to admit, if I would have seen the if I would have seen the Bumblebee there, I would have picked it up. I have seen they might be doing an Optimus Prime in the retro box, and I I got to admit, I'm tempted. I am a bit tempted, but the the latest movie in the Transformers franchise is a movie known as it's also known as Bumblebee. I have only ever seen I saw the first the very first Transformers movie, not the I don't mean the cartoon. I I have seen that though, but what I mean is the the more recent first Transformers movie, the Michael Bay one with um with Megan Fox and stuff. I saw that and I I was like I'm out. That's it. I'm out. And I I never saw any of the other ones. It was it was pretty awful to me. I don't know if there are a lot of fans of the movies. I know there's a lot of Transformers fans, but I also think Transformers fans kind of think that these movies aren't really that great either. But I I got invited by my uncle to go see Bumblebee. He called me up and he's like, you want to see Bumblebee? And I said, yeah, I'll go. I'll go see Bumblebee. I wasn't doing anything that morning. He likes to go early, early, early. He wanted to go to like the uh, like the 10 o'clock show. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. We can go. And we headed over there. As you know, uh, the, the movies that my uncle picks aren't always movies I would go see otherwise. Like last year, we saw Death Wish. We saw Skyscraper. We saw Venom. It's it's stuff like that. He gave Aquaman 4.5 stars. Not Mike's. He gave it stars. He written stars. I rated Mike's. But he gave it 4.5. And I, I was like, what? Out of 10? But he said, no, out of 5. So he wanted to go see Bumblebee. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll go. But I do have to admit that I was pleasantly surprised. While it was not like the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life, it was definitely fun. It was lighthearted. It was silly. It was... It was just kind of cool and kind of fun all around, and it featured a a look at Cybertron that was just dynamite. They they started off with some battle scenes, and what really made it great was the Transformers looked exactly like how they looked uh, in the toy version. Like, they had Soundwave. Soundwave was one of my favorite. He's the one that's um, a tape player with the with the cassettes inside. I really dug that, that Panther cassette. I think I... I think I may have said that before, but in the in Bumblebee, he looked exactly how he looked as a toy. It was really great to see to see the cassettes jump out and transform. And Optimus Prime was there. If if they made a movie that was like that, I would definitely I would definitely go. It was a lot of fun. And then when uh, when Bumblebee gets to Earth, it wasn't it wasn't all that bad either. It's like lighthearted fun stuff. It's it's back in the eighties, which I think was a good idea and. The the gal who stars in it, uh, Haley Steinfeld, plays this this like super mopey goth kind of gal, and there's a there's a lot of jokes about Smiths and Morrissey, which which always kind of gets a pop out of out of me. But um, I I did appreciate that. I I liked it. What I liked was it wasn't overly serious, like how I felt the like I felt the first one was. There was there was a bit of tension and stuff, but. For the most part, it was just like real lighthearted fun, and I know I keep going back to that. But when you, when you see a movie based off a toy franchise, it should, for the most part, be like like lighthearted fun. Sure, you want some action and you want some stuff, but nobody nobody wants like a super dark, super super serious take on the stuff. I I take that back. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized you know what you're saying. There are definitely a lot of people who like seeing the. The things from their childhood turned into like these really, really dark versions. But I myself, I'm not one of them. I, I want some serious, but I, I want to see the good guys win. I want it to be fun. And in that, this is this is what you get. Holly Steinfeld is good. John Cena is in it as the the army guy that's after Bumblebee. He's good. There's there's this other fella who's a friend to Haley Steinfeld that's good. Overall, there there wasn't really anything wrong with the movie. There wasn't there wasn't anything, like, fantastic about the movie either, but it was just a nice time, just a nice ride. You can sit there in your chair, you watch, you don't get too, uh, you don't get too bummed out, you don't get too happy, you're just, like, having a good time, and then before you know it, it's over. What else? Uh, the basic story is this. The Autobots are fleeing Cybertron, the Decepticons are in hot pursuit, and Bumblebee has been sent to Earth as... 
sort of a forward envoy to kind of get the lay of the land, see what's going on and stuff. But in coming down, there's all kinds of confusion. And it turns out the army ends up thinking he's he's like a bad guy and they're after him and the Decepticons are after him. And Haley Steinfeld has to, she has to help him hide. She's the only family that B has, you know, she's, she's all he's got. And in a lot of ways, you know, he's all she's got. So it works, it works out that way. She's, She's a charming talent. I think Haley Steinfeld, she was great in True Grit. She was absolutely terrific in Edge of 17. That was that was one of my favorite movies of a couple of a couple years ago. It's on it's on cable all the time and I'll I'll watch parts of it. There are a lot of a lot of really great parts, but that's a that's kind of a sad one too. It turns out all great in the end, but there there's a lot of sadness in Edge of 17 as there is in Teenage Life. Teenage Life is a lot of a lot of sadness, which is weird because nowadays we look back on it with with such fondness that we go to the theaters and see see movies like see movies like Transformers. Who who would have thunk it? When we were in the theater, it was me, my uncle, one other pair of people, and then a a mom with two kids behind us, like like really small kids. And these little kids, like they talked through like the entirety of the movie. I'm not even. I'm not even kidding in any way. They talked through the entire thing. They were like, every time something would happen, they'd be like, Mom, did you see Bumblebee fired a missile? they go, Mom, did you see John Cena got fired at by Bumblebee? He used a missile. And I I was like annoyed. But at the same time, I'm like, you're here seeing a Transformers movie called Bumblebee. What are you going to, what are you going to do? Turn around and go, excuse me, excuse me, miss, could you? Could you keep your child in line? I'm I'm trying to watch Bumblebee. If you if you don't mind, I mean that's uh that would really be that'd really be putting in some work. But I I just kind of I suffered through it. I in the end I I figured well it's probably important for these kids to have a good time, you know, for the future for the future of the Transformers. I don't know, but what do you guys do when you go see a movie like a kids movie and there are kids in it talking? Do you just do you just accept it because it's a kid's movie and you're the one that's out of place? Or do you go, you must maintain the decorum of the movie theater no matter what? Let me let me know. Hit me up on uh, on the tweets. It's at IC Robots on Twitter. Let's see what they let's see what they gotta say about this one over on Tomatoes. I got it. I already got it booted up. Save you guys the time of hearing the modem squeal. Right now with the critics, it's 92. 79% with the peeps, that means 7.9 of the 10 people who saw it liked it. It's a, it's a critical favorite right now. It stars, well, it was directed by Travis Knight, who you may know. You might know this guy. He is the dude who was behind the, the movie Kubo and the Two Strings. That was an animated flick from a couple years back. That was really good. It seems like it just came and it went while it was... While it was pretty awesome when I saw it, the movie runs for 114 minutes. It's it plays short. It felt like it was over before I know it. It starred Haley Seinfeld, John Cena, Pamela Adlon, and a bunch of other people. I I guess I didn't really get a lot of crucial information there out to you on the tomatoes. I I apologize for that, but on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic. I'm going to go out there and I'll let me give Bumblebee a solid three, three mics. Three mics. This is Don Fry, and you're listening to Toys R Us Report. Touch it down, I'll kill you. Scarecrow and Mrs. King will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at this time. Here it cuts the most anticipated episode of the year, the top five movies of 2018. Is this the most anticipated episode of the year? I don't know. Is it this? Is it the Summer Movie Awards? Is it the Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame? I I don't know. Is it the next installation of From Ace to Zartan or the next the next Mego Watch 2019? I know not. But what I do know is that I like movies. I saw a ton of them last year. I think I saw 
I think I saw like over 85, which is, which is a lot, man. I think that I saw just about everything that came out that was worth seeing. There may be a couple that I, that I haven't had the chance to catch yet, like Roma or if Beale Street could talk. But for the most part, I like to think that either through the theater or through good old Joe video that I am on top of what, uh, what's coming out in the world of cinema. I have been interested in movies like seemingly my whole life. When I was a youth, we didn't go to the theater too much. So I, I always felt somewhat deprived in that way. So when like, when they built a video store down the street next to the AMB, I was over there hanging and clanging like just about every day. I, I then worked at a video store myself. I worked at a movie theater. I, I like to be around movies. I don't know what it is. We all have our preferred way of receiving stories. Some like books, some like comics, some like video games to each their own. And to me, I, I just like the way a movie goes, man. I like to sit in the dark with my corn and my soda and just, just watch everything go by. And over the course of 2018, I was lucky enough to see a lot of good movies. This may have not been the best year of movies of all the time, but there were, there were a lot of real humdingers out there, and over the course of the next, I don't know, 20 minutes, whatever it's gonna be, I am going to go over the top five, so with all that out of the way, why don't we just get cracking and find out what is, what's number five? Number five. You get a little bit out of time, and that's all it takes to put you down on the ground. Here's Brady Jaffe. No more riding, no more rodeos. Some guys, they get scared to get on again, and then they end up becoming farmers. Keep that right, Brady. You don't let no pain put you down. I had to sell Gus, Brady. You can't sell Gus. It's not like you can ride anymore. The Rider 2018. My number five movie of 2018 is a movie known as The Writer. We saw The Writer over at Summerfield. That's the, that's the arty farty theater. Let's, uh, let's just read this quick synopsis of what the, what movie is about. Based on a true story, The Writer stars breakout Brady Jandro as a once rising star of the rodeo circuit, warned that his competition days are over after a tragic writing accident. Back home, Brady finds himself wondering what he has to live for. We can no longer do what gives him a sense of purpose. This, this is a tale of like, Real life, real tough cowboys. It's it's in the heartland of America, up near Canada, where things are where things are wild, where men are men, and finding your purpose as a man is a very important thing. And when Brody Brady rather falls off his horse, he finds he finds that a head wound leaves him leaves him unable to continue his life as a rodeo writer. And with that, with that goes his sense of purpose. With that goes with that goes everything he knows. The movie, the movie has a gimmick wherein which it uses untrained actor. The, the breakout star Brady Jandro is, is a rodeo writer known as Brady Jandro, who is going through the same things that the character Brady Jandro is going through in the movie. It, it added this like, this amazing authenticity to the film that I've never seen in any other movie before. It's like, it's like you're watching real life unfold right in front of you. It's a sad, it's a sad tale, man. It, it left me crying like a little girl, which, which I consider to be like a real, a real highlight of a movie. If you go see something and it makes you cry, it makes you laugh, it makes you feel something, that means it was effective. And this movie is, it's incredibly effective. It was directed by Chloe Zhao. This is her second film. I cannot off the top of my head remember the name of the first, but the writer is, it's an honest to gosh masterpiece. I've never seen anything like it. I don't think that I ever will again. And it was also so sad that I, I don't think that I ever want to see it again. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought the experience was amazing. I have never, never left a movie feeling like that, but, uh, it's really sad. It's sad to see somebody, somebody lose the ability to do what they feel gives them purpose. Like, like riding those bulls does to Brady. I I recommend that everybody go out there and see this. Go to your video store, find this on demand. It's a terrific movie. It's an amazing experience. I I cannot recommend that highly enough. Let's 
Let's move forward and find out what's the number four movie on the list. Number four. Won't you be my neighbor? It's an invitation to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. Love is at the root of everything. Love or the lack of it. Thank you for whatever you do to bring joy and hope, light and love to our world today. Please won't you be my neighbor? The number four movie on my list of the top movies of 2018 is a documentary on the life of Fred Rogers, a.k.a. Mr. Rogers, called Won't You Be My Neighbor. I I adored this movie. It also made me cry, but it made me weep. It made me weep tears of joy at how beautiful of a man Fred Rogers was. A lot of times, you get... You get, like, documentaries on people's lives or real in-depth looks, and you find out that the person is really a sleaze in real life or they're a real scumball. But in in the case of Fred Rogers, you find out that he is as beautiful on the inside as you would have ever, ever hoped him to be. I came up on Mr. Rogers. It was one of the, one of the shows that has, like, my earliest recollections of watching, but up until, until I saw this movie, I didn't realize the influence that Fred Rogers had on my life. I like, I like to think of myself as a good person, and I like to think of myself as somebody who goes out there and helps people and does nice things, and when, when I watched this movie, I realized that a lot of these things that I think, a lot of these things that I try to do, a lot of these things that I feel, they came, they came from Mr. Rogers, and you may laugh, but I, I am very proud of the fact that Mr. Rogers has had a giant influence on my life. I I try not to ever ever talk politics on the show. I don't I don't want to I don't want to go down those roads, but I I think that right now in our society we are leading to a fear-based culture. We're we're afraid of those that are different than us or afraid of what might happen if they if they get let loose into our into our culture, but I I try to lead a life based on love, a life on accepting people as my neighbors, a life of a life of helping people, and I think that this movie this movie shows you how powerful it is to live a love based life as opposed to a as opposed to a fear based life. It's it's very normal to be afraid of things that are different, of things you don't understand. But if you go through life with with open arms and with love in your heart, the the fear of the unknown goes away because you start to realize that we are all one. We are all the same. Nobody is any different than anyone else, and you should love each and every person as if they were as if they were your neighbor. And I think that is I think that's the number one lesson that Mr. Rogers was trying to give out and I I, like I said, I do my best to lead my life that way, and I really do think that it came from Fred Rogers. You might think it's silly, you might think it's naive, but I sleep. I sleep very well at night knowing that I am doing as little harm as I can to to the world. The movie, though, the movie, though, which is, you know, that's what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about life philosophies. The movie was really terrific. I can't, I cannot recommend this one highly enough either. We saw it over at the RD Farty Theater, and when it was done, I I saw that I was not the only person there that was in tears. Far, far from it. The the audience jumped up and clapped. They gave this movie a standing ovation. It's a beautiful film. Fred Rogers is a beautiful human being, and he's somebody that we can all we can all learn lessons from. I think this was the movie this year that I learned the most from. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the outside world. I, I like I just said, I cannot recommend this highly enough. It only came in, it only came in number four because there's a lot of terrific movies ahead. I, I could see this one being a number one pick any other year. It's just, it's just great. I, I think that right now, let's see, over on the Tomates, this movie is presently at, 
It's at 95 with the audience and 98 with the critics. That means 9.5 out of every 10 people who go see it enjoy it. I, I think if you haven't seen it already, go do so. You will leave with a newfound love, a newfound respect for your fellow man. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Let's jump ahead and see what is. What's next on the list? What could possibly be better than this? It's something. Number three. We get the idea. You're looking for your lost dog spots. Does anybody know him? No. no. Wherever he is, we'll find him. We're a pack of alpha dogs. You're Rex. I'm an indoor dog. You're King. Spots. He's nowhere around here. You're Duke. Or somebody spoke his language. You're boss. I think the little pilot's got a screw loose. I'm chief. Nobody's giving up around here ever. Wow. Pile of dogs. Rated PG-13. The next movie on my list is the latest from Wes Anderson. It's a movie known as Isle of Dogs, or I Love Dogs, if you if you want to say it that way. And I do, I do love dogs, so I was a bit biased about this. This is a stop-motion animated tale of a world in which dogs are, dogs are sent off to a place called Trash Island for fear of something known as snout fever. I, I love this movie. I gave it 4.5 mics. When it came out and when I was in the theater, this was, this was maybe the closest I have ever gone to giving something five mics. I was watching it and I was just absolutely loving it. The movie stars Brian Cranston as, as like, as like the head dog. But there are, there are other cool actors in this, such as uh, Liv Shriver, Ed Norton, Scarlett Johansson, Bill Murray. And uh, I don't know if you would see it this way, but it stars... Koya Rankin as Atari, the young pilot. He he heads off to Trash Island to try to save his beloved dog. I I love dogs with like all of my heart. I have two dogs myself. One is named Ursa, that is my dog, and then the old wife has her own, which is known as which is known as Dr. Jones. And I I spend so much time with these animals and I I felt like watching this movie that Wes Anderson really got into the head of what it's like to be a dog and what it would be like to communicate as a dog or to communicate with a dog. This, this was just, this movie was just terrific. If you have not seen it already, you need to do so. Especially, especially if you like dogs. I, I don't know what else I can say, man. If you like Wes Anderson, see this. If you don't like Wes Anderson, see this. Because it's just, it's just awesome. As you all know, I am a just gigantic Wes Anderson fan. He is not maybe, well, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But he is maybe my favorite director of all the directors. It's either him or maybe Martin Scorsese or maybe P.T. Anderson. P.T. Anderson, I'm not going to say he's fallen off a cliff because his movies are doing very well. But they they don't harken back to the uh, the days of like... Boogie Nights and things like that. But that is a conversation for another time. This movie is presently playing on HBO. So if you have HBO because you like to watch Game of Thrones, you can get this on demand and watch it right now. And I got to say, man, it's it's fantastic. The details are, they're just like, they're off the charts. When I, when I got the chance to watch it at home, I found myself pausing and looking and pausing and looking because there are so many, like, just so many neat things in the, in the background. Every... Every set is fantastic. The movie uses, like, some stop motion and some animation. It's like a multimedia thing. I I cannot say enough good about this. Let's see. Right now on the, uh, on the tomatoes, this movie is presently at, it's at 89 with the critics and 88 with the people. So it seems like it's about the same 8.8 .8 out of every 10 who go see it, like it. I don't, I honestly don't know what there is not to like about this movie. If you don't like this you may have a cold heart. You must be, you must be the kind of person who enjoys spending time with cats. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, as a dog person, I do kind of look down the uh, end of my nose at cats, despite, despite that I have a few of them running around my house. So, I love dogs, love it, go see it right now. Let's see, man. There are actually two movies that came out last year that I thought were better than this, so I, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's jump ahead and find out what number two is. Number two. What's it for? I find giants. I hunt giants. I kill giants. A giant comes to a place 
and takes everything from you. This isn't real. You're not listening to me! This giant is coming! You have to ask yourself, do I want to live my life as a coward or a warrior? My number two movie of the year was the first movie on the list so far that I did not see in the theater. It's a movie known as I Kill Giants, and we rented it over at good old Joe Video. I I absolutely adored this movie. It's it's a bit hard to explain, so let's see... Let's see what they say about it over at Tomates. An oddball girl named Barbara Thorson regularly brings a Norse warhammer to her middle school and has a detailed imaginary life in which she is a skilled giant killer. However, her flights of fantasy might be an attempt to cope with troubles at home. The movie the movie stars a girl I had never seen in anything before. Her name is Madison Wolf, and she was just terrific. It also has Imogen Poots and Zoe Saldana. I like Imogen Poots a lot. She... She was in Green Room, which was one of my favorite movies from the other year. And, you know, you know Zoe Saldana. She's in Star Trek. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy. She's she's in everything, seemingly, lately. For the most part, just about everything that I want to see opens around here. But this movie did not. So we had to get it at Joe Video. And when the old wife and I watched it together, I I was crying like a baby at the end when the, when the, well, I don't want to. I don't want to reveal anything, but the the ending of the movie is so sad, and it's so heartfelt, and it's just absolutely beautiful. I cannot recommend this to you highly enough. It's just an amazing movie. The performances are just fantastic. The design of the film is great. The costumes, the giants, everything. I, I adored this movie. I've actually gone on YouTube and watched the ending a few different times, and each time... I start to cry. I got to admit it, though. I'm an emotional guy. I I don't hold back if I feel the... If I feel like I'm going to cry, I just, you know, if a movie's going to make me cry, I'm going to let it cry. I don't have to hold it back in. I, I know that I'm a man. I know that I'm brave. I know that I'm strong. I I don't sweat it, man. I got I got feelings. This, this was based on a graphic novel. I have seen it, but I didn't... I didn't enjoy the art style very much, so I never read it. And when the... When the movie came out, I wanted to see it because it looked cool, but at the same time, I was like, that's that comic that I didn't really dig that much, but um, I am so glad that I saw it. it. It is a deep, heartfelt exploration of feelings based behind a fantasy story. If if you got a heart, you're going to love this, so I... I have no qualms calling this my second favorite movie of the year. It almost... It almost made number one, but I saw something recently that, that I couldn't believe it, but it surpassed it. What is that movie? Let's find out. Here it is. I see Robots number one movie of 2018. Paddington is back. Oh, wonderful news. And cooking up a storm. For breakfast this morning, orange marmalade. This November, he's got all the ingredients. We'll need a thousand juicy oranges for a show-stopping adventure. Paddington! I want those penny fours now! Paddington! Paddington 2. Bon appétit! Believe it or not, my number one movie of 2018 is Paddington 2. This this was an absolutely delightful film. It's presently sitting at 100% at Tomatoes, and it's, it's deserved. It is a flawless film. It's family fair, it's light, but it's also, it's also sweet. It's beautiful. I adored it. In this one... Paddington is framed for a crime and he gets sent to the clink and it's just it's just great man I didn't even see Paddington 1 that's how terrific this movie was this is another one I cannot say enough good things about it we watched it at home on DVD and me the wife and 2.0 all turned to each other when it was over and said that was perfect that was a flawless movie. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that good. That was an absolutely perfect film. If you have not seen it, if you don't know if you want to, if you're not sure, please 
just go do so. I think this is also playing on HBO right now. And it's just like, it's a delight. It is so great. It stars Hugh Grant as he's the big baddie in it. I don't know who voices Paddington in it, but homie has, he has an absolutely sweet little voice. Let's see. Let's see what they say about this one over on the uh, on the tomato right now. Paddington 2 finds Paddington happily settled with the Brown family in Windsor Garden, where he's become a popular member of the community, spreading joy and marmalade wherever he goes. While searching for the perfect present for his beloved Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday, Paddington spots a unique pop-up book in an antique shop and embarks on a series of odd jobs to find it. And then, eventually... This leads to him getting framed. He gets sent to the clink. It's like, it's a crazy prison movie, but with animated bears and family fair. If you like prison movies, you'll like it. If you like kids movies, you'll like it. If you like sweet things, you'll like it. I heard somebody say this is the best Wes Anderson movie that Wes Anderson did not direct. And I I cannot agree with that any, any more than the person who said it. It's true. This movie was... Exactly like a Wes Anderson flick, but it didn't have Wes Anderson behind the helm. I loved it. I thought it was great. So, I don't know. I don't know how well this is going to go over. Who would ever expect that your boy, your boy Icy Robots would pick Paddington 2 as the best movie of 2018? But it is. There is absolutely no denying how fantastic of a film this is. While, while we're on the topic of the top movies, we also have to kind of... We also kind of got to talk about the worst movies. I I don't want to rate the worst movies in order. Well, the worst movie I saw last year was Night School with Kevin Hart. It was awful. Another awful movie I saw was um, Death Wish. That was terrible. Skyscraper was terrible. Outside of that, I don't know what else I saw that was. Well, let's pull the list out. I got the uh, I got the list right here. Let's um let's see twenty. Let's see, what did I give really low? Night School, one and a half mics. Oh, Hunter Killer, the Jerry Butler submarine movie. I gave that two and a half stars. That would definitely be one of the worst. Aquaman gave that two and a half stars. I don't, not digging that. Where is the front page of this? Oh, here it is. Sorry, sorry for all the rustling. Den of Thieves, another Jerry Butler movie, 2.5. Phantom Thread, 2.5. Pacific Rim, 2.5, any of those would be on the list of the worst, but far and away, the worst movie I saw last year was uh, Night School with Kevin Hart, so there you have it, man, top five of the year, starting at five, you got The Writer, then at number four, you got Will You Be My Neighbor, then number three, I Love Dogs, number two, I Kill Giants, number one, believe it or not, Paddington 2, if you don't believe me, go see it, and by the end of it, you'll be going, yeah. That was absolutely the best movie I saw last year. So, with all that said and all that out of the way, let's move into the final segment of the show. You made it this far. It's time for the final segment. I see robots radio pop culture slash toy news slash other boring stuff informational moment. All right, we are back. It is your dude. It is me, Icy Robots. And if if you've been listening to the show for a while, you may recall a saga of me trying to find the find the perfect CRT TV for the ISR Earth Base. I I ended up finding this amazing RCA TV over at the at the flea market. I I think I spent like two or three episodes straight just like talking about this, but how much I love this TV. But it's it's like a late 70s, early 80s TV, and I, I've become to realize that it's it's not going to last me forever. It could it could die any day, and if it did, I'd be sad. So I have been in the, I've been on the lookout for a replacement. Not necessarily a replacement, but a more recent type TV that will still be cool and will be able to like Able to, like, I don't know, under undergo the rigors of watching VCR tapes with me, watching wrestling tapes in the office. I, I don't know. I didn't want to burn out this classic, beautiful TV watching, watching tapes of old episodes of Monday Nitro in my, in my office. So I've been looking for something like, you know, late 90s, early 90s, you know. It seemed to me the evolution of the TV was this. They went from wood grain 
And then for a while, they were black. They were like all black. And then after black, they went to silver. I've been looking for something in the in the black range. Something something that would be cool. And I I found it. I found the ultimate cool TV at the at the flea market the other day. I got it. I got it up there in the office and I love it. So we were like over at the flea market the other day, right? And I'm looking for a TV as I as I said a second ago, and I'm going through this. This one big area, this guy called the Cowboy, he brings tons and tons and tons of stuff there. And I actually found the RCA TV that I love in the Cowboy stuff. So I so I had hopes while going through there that I, I may stumble upon another. And I was, I was like digging through this stuff. It's like mounds of garbage. And I'm like digging through these mounds of garbage. And I, I see a pink plastic frame and I start... I start digging and I'm moving and I'm wrestling and I'm digging and I'm moving. I eventually I get down to where it is and I pull it up and it was it was a 13 inch Hello Kitty CRT TV. This thing is pink. It's beautiful. It's great. I I'm not like the biggest Hello Kitty fan in the world, but I definitely have a love. I definitely have a respect for Hello Kitty and I was I was pleased as punch to find this TV. This television has so much going for it. First of all. It's pink and it has Hello Kitty pictures all over it. But when you when you turn up the volume, it shows a small Hello Kitty, like a little animated Hello Kitty that goes across the screen. When you change the when you change the channel, it's the it's the same thing. They had these little animated Hello Kitties. This TV is like it's absolutely amazing and it's fantastic. I have it up on the up in the entertainment center in the office, right next to the other TV. I think I might go for like that wall of TV gimmick that you see sometimes. I think I got this one here, this one here, and I got my eye on a on a black and white TV that my sister-in-law has in her garage. I'm going to stack that one on top of the other one, and I, I may keep, like, trying to stack all these up. I don't know. It's it's just an idea. I can seem like a seem like a billionaire back in the back in the 60s when you have like three TVs side by side and you're just watching them all at once. That's that's gonna be me, but um I I like the look of a CRTV. I like the glass front over the plastic front that TVs have nowadays. Now look, I'm not trying to say that TVs back in the day are better because that is in no way true, but I I do feel like a certain a certain charm with like a nice glass fronted TV. Let's let's take a quick break for a uh, public service announcement. We got to we gotta do these every once in a while. It's a, uh, it's an FCC rig. What makes a rainbow bend? Where does the universe end? To know the world from A to Z. Discover science and technology. Where is the dinosaur? What's on the ocean floor? To know the world from A to Z. Astronomy, biology, chemistry, zoology. A public service message from the National Science Foundation. Now back to our show. And we are back. It is me, Icy Robots, once again. Let's let's sit down and take a couple text messages. We got a we got a voicemail and stuff. It's it's always fun to do this. If you ever want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at 707-532-JAMS. That's 707-532-5267. You can leave us a message. You can shoot a text. You can do whatever, dude. I I care not, just try to keep it clean, and please, please say your name, or at least a name, you want me to call you on the show. Let's, uh, let's start off with the only actual voicemail that we got this week. I'd like to get more of these. These are always, these are always fun. It's fun to hear people speak. Let's, uh, let's hit that. Hey there, this is Sarah Burroughs, just calling to say how much I enjoy listening to this show, and I wanted to hear an answering machine, and, and I certainly got two. Um, maybe I'll text next time so you can hear a robot text voice instead, okay? Love you, bye-bye. That was great. I, I haven't heard Sarah's voice in a long time. Sarah is a good friend of mine. We used to work together many, many moons ago. We were we were the only two people in a department. We spent a lot of time chatting, hanging out, doing stuff. She's she's a great pal. She's since moved away, so I don't get to see her in the flesh as much as I as much as I would want to. But we we send letters. I like to send letters. If you don't consider doing so, think of a friend that you have who lives in a far off land and jot him off a note, like an actual physical note. Put it in the put it in the mail. It's fun. It's nice to go to the mailbox and there's. There's a letter, a letter for you. I, I dig it. I, I also like to try to keep some of these old time traditions going as long as I, as long as I can. But consider letter writing. It is, it is fun. Way more fun. Way more fun than an email. Anyway, Sarah lives in a 
far off land, like I said. She writes cookbooks. Nowadays, she wrote a really cool one about foraging food, which I think that, I think it's something we could all get into because even though we may not be like food forager types, I feel as if most of the, most of the listeners of this show are foragers in some type. And by that, I mean, by that, I mean collectors, people who go out and they look for things and they bring them back home. You know, people who go out and look for like, specific things and spend a lot of time collecting these specific things and bringing them back. Essentially, essentially you're foraging. So go Google uh, Sarah Burr's food foraging book. It might be something that might be something that you're into. I, I bought it. I read it. You know, she's my friend. I bought it. I read it. But then when I'm looking through it, I'm like, this is actually super interesting. Not that I didn't think that it was, but it was, that would be rather, but it was, was in fact super great. But, uh, consider, consider checking that out. I, I don't know. Yokie dokie, artichokey, let's, uh, let's see what else we got. We got uh, another voicemail here. This one comes from, this one comes from real good pal of the show, Lamar the Revenger. It says, well, hello there, Lamar the Revenger with this to say, Batman 89 is the second best comic book movie of all time, while Superman is the best. Also, Batman Mask of the Phantasm is the best animated comic movie, but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is definitely a close second, maybe even a tie. Let me... Let me give you some background information on this. Our our good pal Engineer Nerd on the tweets at Engineer Nerd, he he has the feeling that Batman 89 is the best of all the superhero movies, best of all the Batman movies, maybe the best movie he's ever seen. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't think he's ever said that. But at any at any rate, he put out the call to people to call to me and say that it's it's the best of all the time because I don't I don't think that it is. I think Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman movie. But I I appreciate you texting in, uh, Lamar. I I do have to disagree with you that Superman is the best of all the superhero movies. Because Superman 2 is a better movie. But Superman is a magnificent movie. There is nothing wrong with Superman. That movie is that movie's awesome. Christopher Reeves may be the best the best on-screen superhero that there's ever been. I don't I don't know how much of this you can dispute. As for Spider-Verse, yeah, man. That movie is it's out of sight. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that it would be good for sure, but then when I went to see it, it was actually it was actually great. I thought I loved it. It's it's on par with Mask of the Phantasm. I'd have to go give Phantasm another look. I haven't seen it in many, many a years. I'd have to give it a look. Spider-Verse, it's fresh in my mind, but um, I don't know, man. I don't, if I disagreed with you, I wouldn't be disagreeing hard. Both of these movies are definitely, definitely top-notch. Well, I appreciate you, uh, I appreciate you shooting a message to me, man. That's great. I also appreciate you retweeting the episodes, sharing them on Facebook. It's really Really nice of you. If you if you guys ever want to help the show with like a minimal minimal effort, maybe tweet the link out, retweet the link, or share it on Facebook. That stuff does help. If you know somebody who might like to listen to this, somebody who might like to hear uh, hear some stuff, I don't know. Let them know. That's that's the best thing you can do. And Dean does that a lot. He's a he's a good egg as far as I'm concerned. And then we got we got a couple uh we got a couple more related uh, tweets here. No, these aren't tweets. These are. These are, in fact, text messages. One said, Batman 89 is the best. There is no name attached. This one said, Batman 89 is the best. They they had the exact same uh, verbiage. And then there's one more that came in from a different number that says, Batman 89 is the best. Those are, um, those are right to the point. I, I dig that. Look, man, when Batman 89 came out, I loved it more than any movie I had ever seen in my life. I had a, I had a Batman shirt with, like, a Batman logo, and then I had this, um, I had this Joker shirt. The comic store was selling these really great Batman shirts. They had, like, a front. The whole front was a print with, like, the Joker was on one. There was one with uh, Batman, one with Michael Keaton. These were these were really terrific, and I, I coveted them. This is, this is a side story. And these two homies at the school came up to me, and they were like, hey, you like Batman shirts? And I said, I do like Batman shirts. I guess they, I guess they heard me say it or they heard it from somebody else. And they said, we can get you some Batman shirts. Will you give us five bucks each? And I said, yeah, man, get me those shirts. And a couple days later, they came and they had the Joker shirt and they had the one with the circular logo. And then they had a, they had a different one and they said, five bucks each, you can have them. So I, I paid them the money and I, I started wearing these shirts all the time. I was wearing this Joker shirt like every, every other day. And I saw, I saw these dudes again, and they were like, hey, do you want more Batman shirts? And I said, 
where are you guys getting these shirts at? And they said, dude, we steal them from fantasy books and games. And I was like, I was aghast. I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to sound like a mark because I, I wanted to preserve my rep. But I, I was like, oh my gosh, I go to fantasy books and games like every day and I'm going in a stolen shirt. I, I was like, yikes, because I wasn't like the toughest kid at the time. I wasn't a nerd. I was into that hip hop scene and stuff. But like, I, uh, I was still a bit of a scaredy cat in that regard. I, and I was taken back too. I didn't like it that they stole from the store. I, I guess I didn't put too much thought into where they were going to be, going to be getting these shirts in the first place. But, uh, I don't know. I was buying stolen goods as, uh, in, back in 89. That was, what was that? Was it my sophomore year? That may have been what it was, but I was just, I was crazy into that movie. I thought it was great, but I, I just don't think that it, it, grew very well with the times. The Batmobile looks kind of silly. Michael Keaton's kind of silly. It's it's sort of silly when the Joker pulls out that uh that five foot long pistola. I I don't know. I think that it's charming in its way in the way that it is. It's it's not it's not bad by any means. Michael Keaton's Michael Keaton. Jack Nick is Jack Nick. You can't you can't take anything away from it, but Batman movies have evolved since superhero movies have really they've really evolved since then, you know, and you can't compare it to something even like, uh, you know, the Avengers with Thanos or like Captain America Winter Soldier or even like Thor Ragnarok. There are there are movies that are a lot more fun to watch. But this was the one. This one was a sensation, man. It it really it set the stage for just a lot of things to come from there. And I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from it. But sadly, I don't think I don't think it's the best. That was that was fun, though. If you want to get at. If you want to get at Engineer Nerd, it's at Engineer Nerd. And if you want to get at uh, my man Lamar, it's at Revenger Lamar. He's he's a great guy. I I don't know. There there's been some Migo, some Migo talk in the air, which is nice. I've seen the I've seen the Joe Namath. He is dynamite. It's going to be a Target.com exclusive. But then I also saw a Fair Fawcett. I when I say when I say I saw, I mean I saw pictures of. It. I have not seen these. I have not seen these anywhere in the in the wild, but they're making a fair faucet. Uh, she's in the she's in the style of the famous red swimsuit poster. And Migo's doing this gimmick now where they they pose the figures in the box like they're they're posed in the plastic card. It's it's kind of neat. I like it. The fair the fair is fun. She has a red swimsuit. Her mouth is open. You can see her teeth. The, the Joe Namath is awesome. Like I said, and I have also seen a Muhammad Ali on the card. This figure. This figure is fantastic. I cannot, I cannot wait to get my hands on this. Somebody posted a picture on the Migo Ambassador group where, where in which they saw like, I don't know, 15 Muhammad Ali's in the store. And these aren't supposed to be out until March. I think it's March. I'm not sure, but they aren't, they aren't supposed to be out now. So the, the veracity of this picture is being questioned though. Folks are not sure if it's real or if it's a phony. I've heard I've heard solid arguments on both sides. My gut says it's real. I don't know. It could be that somebody at the Target in this store had uh, just saw the toys and put them out. Just said, oh, maybe I better put these out. And they put them out. I I can see the mistake happening. I recall hearing somewhere that a few of the Muhammad Ali's have shown up on eBay and they've been tracked to El Paso, Texas. I, I don't know if these auctions have been pulled down. These things have, these things have street dates, you know, for, for collectors. So as we stand now, we have seen images of all in all four Migos coming out in wave four. Aside from the three, I just, that I just said, we've also seen a 14-inch Black Manta, the the Aquaman villain Black Manta that is that is in tune with the character from the Legion of Doom, from the old Super Super Friends. He also looks a lot like the one in the present movie. This also leads one to think they may put out an Aquaman as well. I I don't know. I have some of the 14-inchers, like I like I've talked about over the over the past few months. I. I started putting some thought into it. The the one that I got for Christmas that really struck me as fantastic was the Yvonne Craig from a figures toy company, FTC. And I, I've been poking around the FTC website and you can get really nice, really nice remakes of a lot of the classic Migos from the past, like Batman, Captain America and stuff for only like $24.99. That's, that's only like five bucks above the price of a, of a 14 incher. So... 
I may be kind of throwing some of my Mego money toward these figure toy companies ones just to just to get me like the the classic ones I've always wanted. I've always wanted a Captain America. I've always wanted a Batman. I want I want the classic Spider-Man. I want the lizard. I love how the lizard is like a lizard dude in a lab coat. I think that I think that's terrific. I used to read um Twisted Mego Theater in Toy Fair and I would see these I would see these guys doing all their wacky adventures before. This was like imagine like adult uh, adult swims a uh, robot chicken, but as a as a magazine article and with only Migos. It was kind of it was kind of like that. It was a lot of fun. I would read this every every month, and I wanted the I wanted the ones that I saw featured in there. They had a lot of Spider Man. They had a lot of Thor. A lot of Hulk. Captain America. Lizard would pop up. I always always wanted these guys, and I might start might start throwing some of my uh, money toward the uh, figures toy company but who knows if they start coming out with super slamming ones and these guys are actually available in my store i'll probably end up getting the 14 inches tough tough to say well guys i think that i think that we are about out of here well we're gonna come back next week i think i might talk about some fun movies that are coming out over the over the course of the year i know it's a lot of movie talk lately but we're we're in between Mego waves, so uh, that's got to be the way it is for a little bit. Let's see. Let's see what else here, release date wise. I have a episode of the patron only show getting ready to come out. Sorry, sorry for that. So this episode will be. This should be dropping on the twenty third of January. So on the twenty eighth, on the Monday, you're gonna get to. Uh, you're gonna get to hear the patron only show number number five. If you happen to be a patron of this show to become a patron all you got to do is hop over to supportthereport.com give as little as a dollar a month and you get access to all these fun shows let me let me give you a little taste let me give you a small little taste of what episode five is going to be like just just so you know that you want to get down with it hey it's me it's your dude i am at the flea market right now the flea market in santa rosa the mojo sales flea market i am over in the in the uh, barbecue chicken area we just ordered a chicken thing and we're waiting for it to we're waiting for it to come out for six bucks you get a styrofoam container with two pieces of barbecue chicken that are they're absolutely fantastic and you get a small scoop a medium scoop of this amazing potato salad it's it's amazingly flavorful it's basically just you know boiled potatoes and it looks like frozen frozen peas and carrots and things like that. But the the spice they put into it is just it's phenomenal. It's the best potato salad I've ever eaten in my life. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. This is me, and I'm back down here. I I guess that's basically it, man. You get to hear me out and about doing different things right there. I was at the flea market eating potato salad. It's it's a pretty fun show. There's a lot of neat things. I'd have to say that right now, like right now as we speak, I think I'm I think I'm having more fun putting that one together than I am this one. It's it's a new toy. You know how those things go. But hop on over to supportthereport.com. Give as little as a dollar a month. I'd appreciate it if you gave more. But if you if you can only afford a buck, I dig it, man. Only give a buck and you get access to all these all these patron shows. You gotta download the Patreon app. It's it's the easiest thing. You can play them on your phone or or you can go to Patreon and just download the file. The files are available for you to download. You can download them and keep them. You don't you don't lose access if you stop becoming if you stop becoming a patron. It's it's all on the up and up. I guarantee you'll have a good time so. So consider doing that supportthereport.com. We will we'll be back next week. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to have a good time. It's going to be fun. So until then, if you don't know now you know. This is a Toys R Us news update. All the toys, all the time. Hey, this is me, Icy Robots, with a Toys R Us report breaking news bulletin. I had already put this entire episode to bed when I got a 
I got a message from my dude Engineer Nerd on the tweets at Engineer Nerd telling me Mego has announced a whole bunch of new releases for Wave 4. Let's let's go over these real quick. There are there is some awesome stuff. There's a new uh new Romulan commander. They're gonna put out Lieutenant Uhura. They are putting out a they're putting out Captain Kirk in a dress uniform. Now that would have that would have been fine. That would have been good news. Nobody nobody would have complained about that. But they announced they announced some new horror figures coming up. They're gonna release yes, they're gonna release Freddy Krueger complete with his sweater and his grody head. They're gonna re-release Dracula. They're releasing Invisible Man, the Invisible Man. He's wearing a suit. He has a clear head. He comes with he comes with a potion. It looks great. They're gonna release a glow in the dark Frankenstein. I I might faint, but what is to me? The crown jewel of the horror releases is it's Nosferatu, the first ever vampire captured on film, played by the played by the infamous Max Shrek. This is this is a beautiful figure. I can't believe it. I'm looking at it right now. I feel so dizzy. I I don't know what to say. If if this were all, it would it would be enough. It would be more than enough. I would be like, dudes, we are living in a, it's a time of riches, but no, it was not enough. There was more. There were, there were three more figures. The first one is Jimi Hendrix. It's a re-release of Jimi Hendrix, but this time he has an alternate costume. He has a hat. He looks, he looks awesome. And then dig this. They're coming out with Elvis. It's Elvis in a white sparkly jumpsuit. It's beautiful. The face, the face looks a bit like Kurt Russell to me, but it's still, it's still a great figure. But then... On top of that, there is one that I never, not never, thought I would see, and it's amazing, and I'm so happy. This is, this is the founder of the, mar- this is the founder of the martial arts style of Jeet Kune Do himself, a man that goes by the name of Bruce Lee. Yes, Bruce Lee is coming to Migos. It's going to be in a store near you. He has, he has black pants and ripped abs. It is, it is awesome. I. I don't know what to say. I am just so happy. This is a this is a time of riches, people. Let's let's get up out of here. I just wanted to share this news with you. Toys for Rush Report news break out. Love is at the root of everything. Love or the lack of it. This has been I See Robots Radio Production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day car. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. up next the midnight movie right here on kfty channel 50 television north of the gate